Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Coming Up Next. Before we get to the interview, are you subscribed to the podcast? It's really straightforward to do, and you know what? It's going to streamline your podcast listening experience. Head to comingupnext.com.au on said page. page. On said page, you'll find all 188 previous episodes of Coming Up Next, the podcast, as well as links to iTunes, to Stitcher, to Podbean, to whatever your platform of choice is. All you have to do is click on one of those buttons and then hit subscribe. It's going to download into your pocket each and every week episodes like my interview this week with Shaylee Shackelford. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night, my friends. Uh, Welcome to Coming Up Next, the podcast, a late release this week. Um, It is, uh, it's currently Tuesday morning in London, which means it's Tuesday evening in Melbourne. Um, We normally do the release, I guess, in the morning, but um, for one reason or another, I I haven't, well, I've been stuck in a... um, been stuck in a leaving Neverland wormhole, which is wormhole, rabbit hole, uh, which is um, not a not a great place to be at uh, at one o'clock in the morning. Um, but yeah, it's all so very um, compelling, I suppose. Looking at uh, looking at all of the all of the arguments on all of the sides. Uh, if you haven't seen the show, I, I mean, I have no interest in, in promoting it aside from um, a general curiosity and uh, an interest in, in understanding um, but the, the, the truth of the situation. Um, and uh, yeah, I am finding it very difficult to draw any definitive conclusions and uh, I would challenge you to challenge anyone who does have any definitive conclusions at this point in time to uh, to do as much reading as is humanly possible. Anyway, that's the reason for the uh, for the late release this week. Um, before we get into this week's interview with uh, with Shaylee Shackelford, uh, I'd like to thank my guest from last week. Uh, Lizzie Kempton, a um, a documentary filmmaker who I um, I had the pleasure of meeting uh, last year, and we sat down last week and and chatted about her career in uh, in the documentary filmmaking world in in the UK. Um, she's got some uh, she's got a, a very exciting project that she's working on at the moment. Anyway, head to comingupnext.com.au to listen to that. To find the uh, the back catalogue of podcast rambles, um, they're all there. the uh, The show. Well, I think I'm going to make an announcement next week about the show, about what's going on, about how where um, how things are are moving. Um, but that's for next week. This week, I have a very exciting guest. She is uh, one of the creators of uh, sketch group Sketchy. Um, you can find all their stuff online. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, it's on Instagram. Um, but I was really interested to speak to to Shaylee Shackelford about her career, about uh, riding the crest of the social media revolution. I guess you could call it. Um, 
about what it's been like to to create work and see it uh, go quote unquote viral um about you know uprooting her life from uh, from from well I thought she was from Sydney but from the sunshine coast um it's uh it's it's pretty amazing to speak to someone who has that kind of insider point of view at this point in time um anyway we speak about all the usual things so let's get into it right now my friends coming up next episode 189 Shaylee Shackelford <laughs> taken you to Brisbane. I know you're you're from Sydney originally, right? Uh, I'm actually from the Sunshine Coast originally. Like Sunshine Coast is where I grew up, but then um, Sydney, I was in Sydney for a commercial, like directing a commercial, and then my family um, and my my fiance's family is up here um, in Brizzy, so we decided to extend the trip and come up and just see them and have a few days off. <laughs> yeah, right. So whereabouts in the Sunshine Coast did you grow up? Coolum. Coolum Beach. Yeah, okay, mm. cool. There's a, like a, is it a club? Uh, like a big... Um, oh, yeah, the, the, the Hyatt or something? Um, is that what you mean? The Hyatt Regency or something? Yeah, something like that. I remember going when I was, um, I think I just finished school uh, with my girlfriend at the time. We went to, I feel like it was attached to a golf course or something. Yeah, I think that is the the high reaches. It was it's like and it has like the pool that's like on the beach kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's a pretty pretty popular spot where a lot of people kind of go and have their holidays. And yeah, right, right near Mount Coolum. Yeah. So what was um, were you were you always interested in in performing and and directing growing up? Was that your thing? Yeah, a hundred percent. I always, I suppose, if I sort of think back to it, like initially, I always wanted to act. Like that was sort of like when I was a teenager, I started doing sort of acting school outside of school and stuff. And I obviously those were the subjects that I really liked in school. But interestingly enough, like my my strongest subject at school was film and TV, where it was more the actual creation of like doing short films and little documentaries and things like that. Um, and then yeah, it was sort of I left school and. and and was doing acting and sort of ended up getting more involved in the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Um, and then was like, no, actually my skill set is full on that I'm a, a director, you know, because I have sort of concepts and I, and obviously I write as well, but I really enjoy kind of coming up with things and sort of seeing them through to completion. So I think kind of interestingly, um, like as a kid growing up in Australia, as a woman growing or, or a, a young girl growing up in Australia, I don't think there's many people going, you know what, you should be a director. <laughs> so I was just like, it wasn't something that I think you know um and that's part of I think probably why there aren't as many female you know it's like I got the gender matters grant last year from Screen Australia and that's because you know they're they're trying to tackle the fact that 40 it's only 14 percent of the total you know industry in Australia is made up by female like you know heads of department creatives um and I think part of it is that it's just like a cultural thing that you it's not necessarily sort of seeded to to girls so much at a younger age you sort of like you know it's more acting and things like that but acting is still a fantastic way to get into it and I've learned a lot about um, you know, everything that I do now just from, from starting out like that. So yeah, it's sort of always been there in just different forms. It's an interesting, I guess, point in, um, you know, in the current climate with 
how much uh, attention and focus is being put on um, equal opportunity and diversity in uh, in the entertainment industry in Australia. That it's not only really about, um, I guess, uh, there being more opportunities, but also in an, an education and an understanding that there is that there are these um, that there is a, a possibility that that's something that young women or, or um, people in minority groups could pursue because prior to, I guess, even the last sort of 10 years, there haven't even really been role models or, or totally. the role models have been few and far between. Yeah, 100%. And so that's the thing is, yeah, so it's sort of like there's a push for it. And so then now the great thing is I suppose there's probably going to be a whole new wave of, of younger people that are like, oh, that's being spoken about. It's, you know, it's, it's something that oh, it, is that something that I would want to do and, and sort of fulfill that role. But yeah, it definitely wasn't something that um, you know was I, I suppose like yeah I, I had on my radar more so when I was when I was younger. Although I always you know my first short film I ever did I I wrote it I directed it I was in it I was you know so I've always kind of made my own opportunities no matter what was kind of going on around me. Um, but I think it's only been in the last two three years that I'm sort of like oh no okay like you know directing is is a hundred percent the thing that that you know I'm supposed to do I guess you know and that I really that that I'm passionate about the most. So, sure. Yeah. One of the things that we always speak about on the show is um, is whether or not you remember the first time. Well, maybe not you specifically, because this is the first time I've spoken to you. But whether or not the person I'm speaking with uh, remembers the first time that they uh, did whatever it is that they now do uh, for a living. So, I suppose perhaps it would be acting, even though what you do now is directing. But do you remember the first time that you? performed or or um created something as a kid yeah i mean i i actually think it was it was when i i mean at, like i used to force my cousins and everything like every school holidays it was like five six of us and i would basically every single school holidays force them to put on like a variety show at christmas and so like that was kind of i suppose the start of like just bossing everyone around and like okay you're gonna do this number you're gonna do that like that's not good enough you know um and everyone loved it but yeah it's kind of like i suppose one of the first ones i remember just being like okay this is like I'm going to orchestrate this performance you know and and perform myself um and then I think yeah at school I did a, a short film when I was in I think about grade 10 um that did really well that became kind of like you know they they ended up using it for all the different grades just sort of show as a proof of concept this is how you can do this it was like in camera edit kind of a a thing um and yeah so that's I wish I still had that I lost it but that was one of the first times I remember making something um and sort of being like oh wow this is like you know I really I really do love this, you know. Do you remember what the what what it was about? Yeah, it was it was like because it was in camera edit and I shot it in, in black and white and it was um, all, all my family and friends again just like forcing them to be in it. So it was my dad and my brother like down like the creek and um, they were pretending to be like hillbillies basically and they needed to like go into town <laughs> and it was on, it was in like my um, grandfather had this old mini this old gray mini and so they jumped in that and then all along the way they kept picking people up but it was a mini you know so the next thing you know people are like jumping in the boot of the mini and you know um and so yeah it was just like a little comedy thing so interestingly enough I also sort of really started in comedy then I guess um and that's definitely where I found my footing um in the industry and obviously was sketchy as well and um yeah so comedy definitely sort of was there from the start. Is comedy something that was quite uh apparent in your house growing up or was it more something that you were doing outside of the house 
No, it was definitely apparent in my house growing up, and I think my dad definitely had a, a big hand in that because he's just, you know, he's a big kid himself, and he loves like Monty Python and, you know, that kind of humor. He introduced me to that like at a pretty young age as well, and um, yeah, and my sort of siblings, you know, I suppose yeah, it was it was definitely a house with a lot of laughter and um, and always kind of trying to make each other laugh and stuff. So yeah, I think that that definitely sort of helped um, for me to kind of carve a bit of that out too because it was yeah, I just it was a fun household and trying to make other people laugh was definitely like the thing you did you know <laughs> <laughs> like a sport yeah it was it was it was like you know like I said doing the, those those like dance performances and stuff at like at Christmas and yeah so yeah it's it's nice to sometimes think look back and think yeah or how did how did that because my mum like and my mum and dad are very different and my mum and dad split when I was like 14 but it's interesting to kind of look back on the different things that the how they sort of shaped you know you sort of take certain things from your parents there's some things you're like oh wish I didn't have that thing <laughs> mm. but like but yeah the the different ways in which they kind of my mum was very very sort of behind me in wanting to do my acting classes and she would you know take me to all those and very encouraging and very sort of thing and my dad was kind of the the, uh, he was funny and he liked he you know I'm trying to make him laugh was like my thing so th- those two things really sort of influenced um me becoming a performer and and a director and, and all the things that I do now right what 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 did your parents do or do they do uh so they just my dad's a builder um and my mom actually works for lifeline um she's like a state manager for lifeline so like sort of suicide prevention and, and stuff so my mom's like in a much more sort of serious industry um but yeah so they weren't in, in the industry or had anything to sort of to do with that but i i think that i was just very lucky in that they always supported all of the crazy things that i wanted to do and going over i went to london when i was about 18 years old um you know, and they always sort of supported all of those things that I've that I've done, and even moving to Los Angeles now. And um, yeah, I'm lucky in that regard. I guess is that there was never any ceiling on what I was and wasn't allowed to do. Mm, you know, sure. And I guess it sounds like you went to a school that was quite supportive of people who had creative endeavors. Yeah, I did. It was it was Nambour Christian College on like the Sunshine Coast, um, and yeah, I I have very fond memories of there and the fact that they had film and television as a subject, yeah. uh, as well as drama, you know, and all that, and the fact that they had editing facilities and yeah, that's where I started kind of making my those those little sort of shorts and documentaries and stuff. Um, yeah, which was great to be able to to have um, at a young age. So when you went to London, I guess that must have been when you just finished school. Yes. I was, yes. I was like 18 and I, I was kind of, uh, I, I was doing my acting stuff and I wanted to do sort of more of it over there, but I ended up kind of falling into doing more. Um, so I got this very left field kind of job over there, which was great because all my friends were like working in pubs and stuff and I was doing that. Um, and just, you know, touring around Europe for sort of two and a half years, I, I did that. Um, and that's kind of interestingly how I got back into sort of the industry when I came back to Australia because I was doing all of like the festivals like Oktoberfest and running of the bulls and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I was like, this is incredible. How is there not a show on this? So I like bought myself a little camera and just went around and started like shooting. Like I'd give it to like some random drug dude and be like, can you just shoot this way? I'm going to say some stuff. <laughs> and um, and I made like a little pilot um, and shot it around to like a, a few of the different um, networks and stuff in Australia. And um, ended up falling on the desk of a guy named Graham Burrells, who was at Fox 8 at the time. And he loved it. And he was like, oh, I want to make this this show. And he connected me with Southern Star. And that. so I came back to Australia. And that was looking like it was going to happen. It was like a – and the funny thing was it was three girls traveling around Europe in a van. So it was like a van down under kind of a 
uh, a premise. Um, but then the economic crisis hit. And it was um it was that sort of time like around you know two thousand and nine where just like anything that wasn't a sure thing was just like you know producers were losing their jobs it was just like a really rough time obviously for the industry so it just never ended up kind of going ahead um, but what it did was it got me back into that kind of okay I'm I'm making stuff more behind the scenes I made contacts in that world and I was more producing um, and then I went on to producing for a few years before I started sketchy so. Um, yeah, going to to London and stuff was a kind of roundabout way of getting back into what I do now, I guess. Actually, the the call uh, like dropped out for like one second where you said after you moved to London what the job was that you got that wasn't um, working in a bar. So I had no context for almost all of that. Oh, right. So I was a flight attendant. Right. Okay, cool. I'll just drop yeah. that in. To, yeah <laughs> i'll just drop that into the earlier sentence um okay cool okay that's so that sounds like i mean you came back to australia then and you start did you say that that was when you started sketchy at that point well, yeah, so Sketchy was still a few years after that, so I was trying to pitch that the, the travel show and that was looking like it was going to happen and stuff. And then and then when it fell over because of the economic crisis, I started sort of doing more of my own sort of short films and stuff. And then um, I felt and could see at that time that there was a real void in like female-driven content and comedy. So I was producing, I'd gotten more into and I was producing like um, corporate videos and real estate videos and that kind of stuff, like boring, boring, just you know, paint dry sort of content. But um, I had a lot of contacts that I was working with and we all wanted to make more creative things. So on our weekends and stuff, we would shoot stuff, you know. And so, you know, camera guys and editors and whatever that were willing to kind of like jump on board when I said, hey, I want to create this like female-driven um, sketches, you know. And I originally wanted to make a television show, like a, a sketch television show because this was sort of, you know, it was about five years ago now where online still wasn't like the thing that it is now, you know. It was sort of like, okay, that's an option but it's not not something that you know you'd, you'd still ideally want to go traditional and that was sort of my mindset at the time so um you know one weekends and stuff and I met the the two other girls and they were both you know really funny and and sort of self-deprecating and just I don't know their, their vibe was I suppose something that I went yeah this could be really great let's do like let's make like a little sketch troupe you know um how did you meet them and I met them through like um, promo work actually. So Lana, it was like a top shop thing where we were like riding bikes around um, Sydney um, for like the opening of top shop or something. Um, and um, and then I asked her to be in because I was doing a short film at the time. And I said, oh, will you come and be an extra in this short film that I'm making uh, called the Antisocial Network? And um, and she was like, yeah, sure. And I and she had had like an all nighter and she still came the next morning like bright and early. <laughs> and I was like, there's like this girl's solid you know yeah, she's reliable <laughs> uh yeah she's reliable you know um and then she actually met Madison through another job a similar kind of thing and then I met Madison at her birthday um and so that's kind of how we met each other and started and started making stuff um but yeah the, the intention was always to make a female driven television show and so we made like this pilot you know on just no money um and then I sort of went over to the states and tried to pitch it around and and send emails of like hey like you know just just try to get some meetings and stuff and it was really really difficult and just nobody would would respond and you know and so somebody at that time was like well why don't you just try going online and building an audience that way 
Um, and so we were kind of like, oh, right. I sort of came back to Australia a little bit disheartened because, you know, I'd gone over to, to sort of dazzle Hollywood with this thing that I'd made and it just, you know, it didn't work. Um, and so once I came back and yeah, when we just, we started the channel and then we were sort of really fortunate, I guess, that within only like, I think, I think it was like six weeks maybe of, of having it up, up online. We had the, the a bohemian the bohemian carcity like viral video followed by another viral video um called mime through time um and that just kind of set us on this trajectory for like a years you know which was not expected but fantastic because we were able to basically get paid you know f- to make content full-time yeah i mean you it must be pretty amazing to reflect on now having amassed you know over half a billion hits on your youtube channel alone um mm. what that kind of you know the from probably feeling pretty despondent uh from not getting even that travel show up in 2009 through to now where you kind of you know you hold all the power of what you want to do Mm -hmm. totally and that was the that's the thing I suppose that is just so amazing about like online is that it kind of the tables can turn like so quickly um, and to be able to kind of, because obviously before that the gatekeepers were, you know, okay, the producers or the, you know, the networks or these various things. And in order to get like opportunities, you had to kind of, yeah, I suppose do or conform to whatever it was that, that they wanted. And if, if you even got that far, um, whereas, you know, being able to create your own channel where you create your own audience, you know, and then, yeah, like the freedom to be able to do whatever you want is just, it's, it's incredible. And it can t- continue to evolve and you know the amount of different opportunities I've been able to have because of it um yeah has just been incredible and that's really like I mean look sketchy was 100% where I really did kind of go cut my feet on cut, cut my feet <laughs> cut my teeth on um bit, bit of both actually um on directing because you know I would sort of concept and write the majority of our concepts and then I would you know on set even though I was in them I would sort of direct them and um and the web series that we did a couple of years ago was which was more of like we got a grant from we were part of the skip ahead initiative with screen australia and so we got like 100 grand to to make a web series and so we had a full-on crew and and dancers and all the rest of it and i directed that and that was really the kind of second defining moment in my career where i was like oh, okay directing is the thing that i really want to do because this is this is i just love working with teams i love working with you know um the different sort of heads of department to execute a vision um yeah so that sketchy enabled me to be able to do that, you know, and still does, um, you know, I still, we're so obviously not making as much content these days because we're sort of all focusing more so on our own individual careers. Um, but I still have that freedom that if I come up with a concept or an idea tomorrow, I can shoot it and put it up, you know, which is great. How significant do you think it's been? I mean, it sounds like, you know, even when you were, you know, at school and stuff, there was this, um, uh, like, you, you 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 were always, like, across multiple kind of strands. You weren't sort of focused on doing one thing specifically, but more in creating um, good work or just complete, totally. just complete work. How significant do you think that's been that you've been able to be across the board with multiple kind of strands? I think it's... It's, I think for anybody sort of starting out, it's it's everything to be able to kind of like they call you like a slasher, you know, having these different skill sets and things that you can do in order to, you know, um, keep moving forward. Because even being able to edit and do things like that because you're not then, 
you know, I see, I know a lot of actors where I'm constantly sort of just trying to encourage them to make their own stuff, even if it's just on their phone or whatever it is, because I think, yeah, if you focus sort of too heavily on, on one thing, um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I think that you're at the mercy of everybody else then. And that, that's kind of a hard space to be in because you don't really have control over your life and what you're doing. Um, whereas yeah, for me being able to kind of come up with something, pull the people together to, to make it, um, edit it, uh, and then now have like a, a, a channel I suppose to be able to put it on but even even things like costumes and wardrobe and like I did a short film last year for Sony Pictures and that was like I was selected as one of five directors to create a short film um, and they gave us basically like 10 grand to create that film and of course my my concept was extremely ambitious like for the money that I had so even though like I was directing it and I had a team and fantastic actors whatever, I still did all the props myself I did all the costumes you know I did all of that which is like a lot of work but it's like it it is you know it's just to, to the level that as somebody in that is a wardrobe person or whatever we do because I've done that for years now with what we do with with sketchy so and the money that saves you that you then can put on screen um yeah just so the quality of your what you can create like a lot of the things I make now people are like it only costs what like <laughs> you know if you know anything about production is it, that it can be really expensive the moment you sort of get into that more like high production value sort of side of things um so yeah I think for me it's enabled me to kind of make things that um I wouldn't have been otherwise been able to uh, without a lot of money you know yeah and i think and obviously there are things like that that can often inhibit people in the sense that it gives i'm not gonna say it gives them an excuse not to do something but it, it it certainly can block i mean i've had i've definitely had the experience of writing a script or writing something and feeling like disempowered because it feels like oh, it's going to be too expensive to make or i'm not gonna mm. you know i don't have the resources or whatever whatever the case may be Yep, totally. And that's the thing is it's like, um, yeah, and then and then you, what happens? It stays on a page, you know, and that's that's kind of a travesty because if it's something that is really good. But, but it's also, I think, being able to kind of um, – like I worked as a producer. I worked sometimes with directors who just didn't have the concept of like this is what I want to do and this is the amount of money I have. And just being able to be like crafty about how you do that or the things that you do sacrifice and stuff um and not being a pain in the ass when it comes like that is just not possible for the money that we have um I think it's made me much better like uh, the commercial I just did a commercial uh here in Australia last week um just with with an agency and similar kind of thing it was it's an online campaign had like a decent decent ish budget but still you know I had to kind of like pull a lot of things in myself and ask a few favors from people and stuff like you know not to do their full rate because in Sydney the rates of people now that I've been living in LA I'm like holy it's crazy how much it actually costs to shoot things in Australia I sort of forgot um just there's not really an in-between whereas in LA you have a lot of people kind of like hustling as well like trying to make it a name for themselves too so they're willing to kind of you know oh yeah I'll do that for 200 bucks for the day or whatever you can get gaffers for 200 dollars for the day Christ. it's just like unheard of <laughs> you know <insane. laughs> yeah um whereas in Australia like you are looking at at least 1500 bucks you know so just those little kind of things um but but you know being able to sort of I suppose yeah still still create something and, and have your vision seen through and know where still make it happen and I suppose know what you can and can't sacrifice on to make that the best that it can be do you feel as though you like there's what 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 blocks do you get creatively like when you're working to be honest like the last sort of year and a half I would say honestly it just ends up being time 
So, um, you know, you're like, okay, I have this great idea or I have a, you know, I have a, a female-driven kind of entourage concept, um, like female entourage sort of concept that I uh, originally sort of sh- did a trailer for last year and I've been since redeveloping it because I'm going a bit of a different direction with it for, for pe- after getting feedback from pitching and stuff. Um, and it shows a lot of promise and, and I have some great contacts that I really want to see, like, okay, what are the next drafts or whatever, and I've just been so – swamped with other things that it just you know and to get really into that creative space of like of writing a pilot and getting it you know to a certain thing you really do have to have almost like clear everything else out to be able to really totally like so there's sorry there's this this for Australia right now the birds (laughs) in the background it's making me home (laughs) yeah Um, but you know, in order to, to really kind of birth something, you know, at that level, at, at the next sort of level up, the cool thing about online and, and those videos is like, I feel like you can come up with something like that day and you can shoot it. Cause it doesn't need like the character development and the, you know, it just, it's more like, oh, this is funny. This is relatable. This is, this works. Whereas, you know, for longer form stuff, you know, you really do have to, to knuckle in and, and get like, yeah, get really clear on, on every single part of that world. And so the hardest thing I've found in the last year is just finding the time to really do that, you know, um, cause it's great cause I'm getting lots of directing work and, you know, I'm still doing stuff with sketchy and stuff, but yeah, it's hard when you don't have like a clear week to do, you know, to really, yeah, just create in that world and, and sit down and actually write. So I, I'm getting to a, like a stage at the moment where I think I'm just going to have to start saying no to a couple of things, which is hard for me. I'm not, that's not in my, yeah, you're <laughs> always taught to like say yes to everything. Totally, you know, and I think that's great. And I, I think sometimes you do just have to go with opportunity is, um, and because I've been, I've started getting more opportunities. I've just in, in Australia, I've joined with a, a production company called fabric films and been doing more commercials and stuff, which has been excellent and i'm really grateful for that and they're a great a great sort of team to work with um but obviously flying back and forth between the states and here again it's it's a lot of time um so yeah i think it's just being able to to juggle um and that's but that's one of the things that i sort of you know is by the time you sit down you're like okay i'm gonna do a little bit of work on this and then if you don't you don't sort of get back to it for a few days by the time you sit down again you're like where was i (laughs) what 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 was that character gonna do (laughs) you know (laughs) Um, and I have a feature film that I'm working on the same kind of thing, um, that I have attached to an Australian producer named Lee Matthews, who did, um, Emo the Musical. Yeah, I've had Lee on the show. Familiar with it? Oh, nice. There you go. Um, so Lee and I are currently developing a feature film script. So that's the thing. I really want to sink my teeth into a, you know, a series or, or a film this year. Um, and all of these sort of smaller projects keep kind of taking precedent. So I think I might have to just, as I'm saying it to you, I'm like, I'm going to just carve some time out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs sleep? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So when you saw, when, you know, you, you mentioned before that Sketchy kind of took off in a quite expeditious manner. Mm-hmm. When it did start to, or when things did start to um, crank over and, and you see these first few videos starting to go viral and go crazy. Mm-hmm. Was there a kind of strategic plan for the stuff that you were going to put out next? Did you kind of start to feel into, you know, things that may land or or weighing up things or doing things by numbers or was it much more, uh, I guess, to use a shitty word, organic? I guess it was a little bit of both and we had such a crazy, I would say the next sort of six months to a year after those videos was just such an intense, crazy time because, you know, the opposite kind of happens where, you know, okay, you can't get an email back and then the whole world just like kind of like reaches out to you and kind of like 
yeah, like so, and, and in Hollywood, so it was like all of the big agencies, all of the, um, you know, like networks and various things all wanted to kind of meet with us. And, you know, I think the reality is, is not a lot of them knew what they wanted to do with us, you know, or what the kind of thing, but it was just like, oh, here's these girls, they've had this, this viral video and, you know, and a lot of people talking a lot of shit, excuse my French, but like, you know, just you, you're sort of dealing with a whole different level of like trying to navigate like who is real and who's not. And, you know, and so part of it was we were like, okay, like let's, um, the, the lip syncing and the, you know, the costumes and the, that, that was sort of like, okay, we've really struck a chord with that. Let's keep, let's keep doing that, but let's try and release, you know, content as regularly as we can. At one point we tried to do the whole, like release something every week, but because our content is so produced, you know, and it's, and it's, there's so much to it that was, we found that really hard to do. And it kind of, in a way, wasn't the best thing for us because I think we ended up putting things out when they weren't as good as they could be and stuff like that. I think when people are doing more like vlog style kind of stuff and that, that's easy enough to do, right? Cause it's just like, it's simple. It's, you know, they, they can kind of churn them out. Um, but, but the hardest thing was at that time when we would, weren't sure who to go with, you know, and we went, we met with CAA, we, we met with like 360, like some of these really, really big, um, and we kind of went with them for a minute, but we had this manager uh, that we decided to go with, and he just he just said all the right things. He was just like he could walk the talk and and said, "Oh, I manage Robbie Williams." There was like a thread thread of like truth to like everything that he said, but in in like actuality, it was just bullshit a lot of it um but the how he was able to kind of like he did have a lot of contacts and his dad managed Robbie Williams not him like just things like that but anyway he he ended up just being a total swindler and he stole like all of our money the money that we made in like our boom period he like he he basically like when we started to kind of figure out that he was dodgy we tried to kind of get out of it and he he was collecting money because of tax things in the states and all all different sort of stuff wow but the yeah it was pretty horrific the whole experience um yeah and the hardest thing about it was that we went really quiet online probably in a time when we really shouldn't have um because it was just like so consuming and us like trying to deal with that and we know he left us with debts like because there was like music licensing things that he hadn't paid and from videos that we'd done and just just stuff like that so it took us a good couple months to get back on track and the fact that we even kept going after that honestly is kind of a miracle sometimes I think of it because it's just you know it was so horrible um but you know part of the strategy at that time was to kind of like hey we've we've got this momentum we're rolling and that kind of really it really stinted it for a while um and look you know you look back and at the time it was horrible and and sometimes I think how are we so stupid to (laughs) to go with a guy that ended up we had we could have gone with anyone you know in the whole world at that time and we went with this guy but I, I also very firmly believe that like things happen for a reason and that every single thing is an opportunity to grow and learn. And as long as you can kind of get to the lesson quicker and quicker every time, then you're like, okay, I get that. That was that lesson. All right. I'm now like going to be more savvy the next time something like that comes up. So, you know, I do think it was a positive that happened because we, we, we wised up really quickly, you know, and we became kind of experts in contracts and business and, and accounting and the side of it that you don't necessarily think about as a creative, you know? Um, so yeah, so that was kind of the, the immediate sort of whirlwind that we went on after those few viral videos. Right. And I guess, so after that, what year was that? That would have been what, like 2015? Uh, it would have been, yeah. So it would have been, so because we had our, our videos were in 2015 when we had, we, we did Ellen and, and that sort of, you know, those, those videos. And then that would have happened towards the end of that year, I think, or the beginning of 2016. Um, what was that whole experience kind of, like? Yeah. Uh, Ellen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Like even, you know, even to this day, I'm sort of like, what the hell? Because that was our first ever 
TV appearance. So like, you know, here we were doing stuff in like our backyard kind of thing. <laughs> and um, and then the next thing we're like, okay, you're going to perform on Ellen and that's our first thing. So it was like we could have really bombed and that could have been a very short, <laughs> a short career indeed, you know. Um, but it was it was great it was just incredible you don't you don't see her until you walk out on stage for that first time so you know it really is like a really genuine excitement when you sort of see her for the first time um and yeah it was it was just great like to be able to kind of and then, and then three days later from that, we did we went over and did Good Morning America, and that was in like Times Square, um, and we were like rehearsing on the plane, and so yeah, it was just Fuck, yeah, it must it have been so surreal. Time. Oh, it really was. It really, really was. Especially because, like, the things that we, the videos that we'd done that kind of blew up was like the three of us in the car, like, and one of them was literally shot in my dad's backyard. You know. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was it was pretty funny to kind of go from that, and that started like a whole thing. Like, you know, that that whole car thing was really like, you know, we sort of started that, which is insane to think, you know. Um. And like James Corden and all those sort of things, they came after that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was funny to sort of create this genre, which, which now, interestingly enough, like I could not want to get further away from. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like getting you know, typecast. Yeah, it is. It is. And there's always going to be a percentage of our audience that only want to see that. And I just sort of, I'm like, I'll, I'm 33 in April and I just sort of, I'm like, like guys, I'm, I really know that you want to see that, but I just, it's a, to me, that's just like creative suicide, you know, to kind of keep. <laughs> Um, having to do the same sort of thing, which, 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 like, there's talent to some degree, and I think when the three of us do stuff in that kind of uniform choreographed way, it, it does, it's great, you know. But as an individual, like, you know, it's like being part of a girl band, you know, where you're just like, okay, now I'm sort of ready to 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 carve out, and what the kind of stuff that I make on my own is quite different to that. Um, so it's it's being able to kind of put boundaries around, like, okay, how much do you cater to like what's you know some of the audience wants, and how much do you just like go okay that that was great but now it's time to continue to evolve and make things and, and push yourself creatively to the next thing well i suppose that sort of to my uh, initial question about um that's led us here is you know were you you know sort of uh, let's say sort of after the the, the managerial um incident uh, were you creating stuff specifically for an audience or are you still creating stuff that was that you know was just stuff that you guys thought was funny yeah so that's the thing I guess like the during the managerial kind of period I would say like and because just with so much opportunities and stuff that were thrown our way like a lot of what we ended up making in that little period was so much more about brand deals and stuff which again I don't know if was the smartest sort of thing because you know okay you're given a brief you have to fit to a thing and and people online know when they're being sold to as well even though like we've gotten really good and like so that's something that's I think helps me now with excuse me the commercials that I direct um is like knowing how to still kind of like make something that's engaging that our audience really likes, but that is also, you know, it has a brand and they're paying for it and et cetera. Like that's a, that's a kind of a, that's an artful minute of itself to make something that's not just like a full on ad. Um, but at that time, you know, it was kind of like, Oh, okay, here's like, we were sort of being pushed into like, where's the money. And, and after that whole experience, we like, were like had to go, no, what let's, let's like do, let's make things that we love and that we know that like our audience will love and that, and kind of go more where, the inspiration is as opposed to like yeah where we're being pushed you know sure uh yeah i guess that's that that requires that certain level of trust i suppose that you know that there are going to be people who appreciate and enjoy the same things that that you enjoy and that are compelled by the same things that you are 
Totally. And I mean, look, it's, it's been the best possible way though, to kind of learn, especially with, with comedy, like what does and doesn't work. Like some of the things that, you know, you, you assume you're like, Oh, this is, this is going to be like so well received. And then, you know, there's things of it in it that you kind of totally missed that, that people went online, they will not miss it, <laughs> you know, like, and they're like the most brutal like critics, but it's great because you do get that instant kind of feedback and, and you do really kind of like learn as you go along and, and, you know, sort of more and more like, yeah, just what does and doesn't work, which is, which is great. And, you know, so now we've made like, you know, hundreds of videos. And so through that, you're able to sort of, yeah, figure out, okay, comedy wise, like, you know, what does and doesn't resonate. And, and in saying that as well, it's like, you have to know when, okay, the sketchy audience will love that. Like, oh, I want to make this though. And that's what's inspiring me. And that's the kind of like, when I did the Sony Pictures um, short film, I was really nervous because I, it was more, it was, it's like a sort of like a romance through time kind of a thing. It has It has comedic elements in it, but it's sort of the brief that I was given for that, but it is more of a short film and it's kind of starts in the present day, but then it goes to like, um, you know, a few sort of thousand years ago and it's like some Africans in a, in a cave and then there's some Native Americans and it's this little love story, like, and then we go to ancient Egypt. and But, you know, but it, it's definitely not the generic kind of sketchy doing something, just singing, dancing, fun, you know, like all of that self-deprecating, you know, which is our sort of brand. And so I was really, like, a bit nervous to go, oh, how's the audience going to receive this because this is so different to what they usually, you know, they usually sort of see. And I was really pleasantly surprised. It's not like it's going it, to – something like that's never going to go viral. It's never going to get, like, the millions of hits that, like, you know, a, a relatable sketch or, like, the, you know, the car stuff will but at the same time you know just how people appreciate good content though so if you make something that you know is it still strikes a chord or has has you know something that people can relate to or that they can appreciate they'll always still be positive about it and be like oh this is great I wasn't there was literally a comment on that video that was like I was fully expecting to say get back in the car but you know what this is actually really great (laughs) (laughs) you know and so that to me is like oh great you know it's people do actually to some extent kind of they don't care who's in it what is in it as long as it's good content online then then they're willing to kind of get on board you know and i think there's definitely a, like a craving at the moment for stuff that is you know uh authentically created and 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 written not something that's like you said before trying to sell something yeah yeah totally because there's so much of that especially like on instagram and things like that you know i think we're becoming so like used to sort of yeah oh, what am i being peddled with this you know um that i think it's important to make you know content that is just for the sake of entertainment as well you know especially if you're wanting to be an online creator uh it's it's not falling into that trap of only doing you know sort of brand deals and stuff because of people yeah just people and it, i remember i think people have gotten a lot better at it though as well then when when we first started doing brand deals people were a lot more sort of scathing where they're like oh like sellouts or whatever and it's kind of you sort of the the thing you want to say to that sometimes is like well how do you guys expect for us to keep feeding ourselves and making stuff and doing whatever if we don't also earn money <laughs> you know and like yes you're going to make some money online with your, your like your ad revenue but it's never it's never enough, especially with three people, you know, it's never enough to like sustain you. So the brand deals and stuff is like, that's how we can keep making the stuff that entertains you the rest of the time. And I think people have gotten better at understanding, okay, that's just what it, what, you know, online creators have to do. So sweet. Um, whereas initially when people were like kind of used to getting, okay, this is YouTube. I come here to be entertained. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not buying into any other, anything else. And they were a bit more like brutal in like, if you did something out that was sponsored, you know? Yeah, and it's, you know, there's also the, I guess, the question of actually valuing creators and creatives 
um, as a profession, not not something that's that the people are just entitled to as an audience. Yeah, totally, totally. And some people, I think, will still just never get it. But, um, but you know, I think the dedicated fans and stuff are just kind of like they just love anything that you do, which is great. <laughs> that is great. What What do you feel like is the like the biggest bomb that you've that you've done in terms of like something that's failed? Yeah, I mean, honestly, the funniest thing is um, I think something that I've been really good at being able to figure out is like. And I'm tr- and I am trying to think though if there is anything that I actually have loaded that just really went terribly. But I I tend to know before it even goes up, and then I just say let's not load this, you know. And there's definitely been um been videos like that, like where you're just like, mm, nah, this just is not hitting the mark. And 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 actually in our very early early days of of sketchy, we um some of those sketches that we that we made, like I I was actually living with um Christian Van Buren and Adele Vuko at the time, so like Bondi hipsters, Adele from Skipbox. And so, like, their content, especially Christians, is a lot more, like, um, outside of the box, very, like, you know, it's almost like you've got to be, to some extent, shocking people a little bit in order for it to be sort of funny. That, that That's more their, like, brand and their vibe, and they've done that really, really well. And so, initially, like, before we had gone online and had these sort of more, like, costumed lip sync ones that went viral that made us more sort of, I suppose, wholesome, we had... Um, some like a sketch that we made and it was it was like based off of my brother when he was at school I was part of this group and I am I allowed to say the c word you can say <laughs> you whatever you want beep it out. <laughs> okay cool yeah he was like they were called like the certified sick cunts and um <laughs> and, and like the CS, CSCs or whatever and so like we made this sketch and it was us as three boys and we were in like western sydney and we were like in order to like be in our gang you like had to say like the c word like every five seconds <laughs> um and it's and it's actually sort of this day like one of the funniest things and my dad loves it he's like it's just so so funny because it's just like you know in order to be in the gang he like you know lana's like dressed as like this this boy he looks she looks like an ice addict or something <laughs> and um and she's got her box cut out to like get in the gang and you know and so um it's it's one of those things where once we had those viral videos like if you put something like that on people would have just been like what the hell have I like signed up for so it's just knowing when like okay yeah now that one's not going to fly with our audience like you have to you know you still have kids and things like that that, that watch your stuff and knowing not when not to sort of be too out there that that could be really offensive and things like that so um yeah it's ones like I think it's knowing what not to load as much as what's like okay like and sometimes you have to just go for it um, and know that like, yeah, it might be a mixed bag and you'll learn from like that, that feedback. Um, but yeah, it's also just sometimes going, mm, okay, we might've spent money making this, but it's probably not worth, worth the risk, you know? Sure. And I guess, it, I guess it also sort of boils down to how you're sort of defining, you know, what's a failure and what's a success and, and looking at a bigger picture as opposed to smaller details. Yeah, Totally. Um, and some, some of the hardest things for us has been like when, because obviously a lot of what we made initially was a lot to do with, uh, commercial music, like using other people's commercial music. And in those days, like to some extent you could kind of get away with, um, like when you loaded it, it okay. Sometimes you might have it flagged and, and, and the revenue kind of goes to that, that person, which is like, that's fine and kind of fair enough. But now, you know, it, more and more often it'll be like, it actually blocks it. So if it's a, if it's a 
you know, a, a certain piece of music or whatever that's that's from a big artist, then the algorithms are so much better now that it t- picks it up. So sometimes when, you know, in the past we've loaded things, and there's been times as well where the algorithm is just like we did in our web series, we had a song that we did have the clearance to use, but it flagged it and it took like two weeks for them to 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 re like to unblock it or whatever. And in that time there was like, you know, whole countries of people that would click on the link and they couldn't watch it. And it's crazy how fickle people can be. Cause like people would just unsubscribe. Like literally not even just like, Oh, I'm a bit annoyed. I can't think like unsubscribe from the channel. We like saw this dip in our channel because people couldn't watch this, this piece of content that you'd promised them. Um, so things like that we've sort of learned from now. We're like, we we've had to be a lot kind of more careful about this type of music we use or, or using like you know royalty free or making our own stuff i've started doing a lot more like raps and things like that that are more like okay i've written this I've, this is the music or it's a parody and you can kind of you can get it cleared under parody so yeah i just kind of learning from that as well because yeah you don't want to make something that then people can't see um or that you know you have to take down and all that kind of stuff so that was all that's all been a lot of trial and error as we've gone along as well sounds like you're sort of an expert in minimizing um, kind of uh, minimizing the things that can inhibit uh, your creative process and maximizing the amount of control that you can have over putting stuff out. Totally, totally. Because it's, yeah, like you never, when you're creating and building this audience, like you never want to do anything that kind of gets them offside because it's like that's everything, you know. So I suppose like as you go along, you're like, okay, you know, and and sometimes you have to take calculated risks and sometimes it's better to just ask for permission instead of like, or sorry, forgiveness as opposed to permission. (laughs) Um, And look, you know, had we not done that, you know, in the early days with some of those videos, like we never would have had the traction that we did and stuff. So, um, you know, I think sometimes you've just got to go for it and hope for the best. But then, you know, once it's yeah and and to some degree it's great that out that the algorithms and stuff on youtube are sort of so much better because yeah i get it like you know using it's like some when people have ripped our video and and uploaded it to like i found like a video once that had been loaded to some random bali like facebook page and it had 80 million views and no link back to us whatsoever wow (laughs) you know so things like things like that so you know i am glad that there's there are like you know they're starting to be a bit more savvy about the way that they kind of combat stuff like that um, but yeah, you've just kind of got to learn as you go and, and try to do what's best for your audience and your channel and for, yeah, like your, yourself as a creator, uh, and know when the diff- to sort of make the difference, you know? Absolutely. How do you think that your idea of what, uh, what, what successful content, um, has, has changed since, you know, say when you, when you picked up and went to London and you were looking at creating this um this travel show versus you know now that you're looking at getting a feature film or or a tv pilot off the ground how's your idea of success evolved yeah i mean i guess i think it's definitely that uh sort of then and when i first sort of thought about um making things is was kind of along the lines of like, all right, if I can just get something up, you know, whatever it might be, if I can get something up, if I can get something like greenlit, like sort of, you know, whatever that, that may be, um, it would be, I'd be happy kind of thing, you know, and I just want to be, want to be in the industry and I want to be making things as, as my sort of full-time gig. And, and now that I'm fortunate enough to have that, um, I think it's like, um, not, 
being swayed and pushed in certain directions just because that's an opportunity, you know, um, and knowing when to sort of say no. And, and look, I've got a few things on the horizon that I can't really talk about right now where that has been like more prevalent than, than ever where, you know, okay, it might be on paper or, or like on sort of a, a really great opportunity, but you have to know like that that's actually not really in the vein of like what I'm wanting to to be portrayed as or the kind of creator or director that I want to be, you know. So although, yes, it might be a lot of money or it might be, you know, notoriety or things like that, like, um, so success for me, I suppose now is more, okay, are you making things consistently that you're really proud of? You know, are you, are you able to sort of go like, oh, I, I, yeah, I can stand behind this and this represents me well. Um, because I think that's a little bit of the trap that you can fall into online too, is it's like, we're just, just doing what works, you know, just doing like, okay, that, that, that resonates people, um, like, you know, want that or, you know, whatever. It's kind of like the Instagram thing of like, okay, yeah, you could post photos of your ass <laughs> and that's going to get a lot of likes and a lot of whatever, but is that who you are and what you want to be like represented as? Like, it's, it's kind of like that. And I think, um, yeah, I think that's probably more significant now than, I mean, let's look at the, uh, the fire documentary. Um, to see. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I've heard. I've heard a lot about it. Um, it was. Yeah. Uh, it's. It's one of the more anxious experiences I've had, but also one of the more um, hilariously kind of. Uh, Schadenfreude was a word that I kept thinking while I was watching it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just because of the nature of some of the people that were involved in it, but um, yeah, I think that's a really uh, significant point, um, and I think uh, I think that's probably a great way to wrap up the conversation um i'm really grateful that you've um that you've jumped on the call with me at what 7 30 in the morning in brisbane <laughs> well that's the one good thing about the time different like i'm still kind of on a late time so i do actually wake up early here which is good <laughs> i do find that when i go when i go back to melbourne that i am waking up at like 5 30 or 6 o'clock in the morning for a good two weeks just sort of naturally and it's yeah it's a really great time to be up in the day i should do it more often but the alarm yeah. is just horrible I know. It's so weird how you kind of do it. When you're doing it here, you're like, yeah, that's great. I wish I could just do this all the time. But then the hard thing is when you go back to the States, then you used to have been getting up like five hours later, even if it is a sleep in or whatever. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just much harder to get back into that, <laughs> that groove. <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to let you go and I'm going to get back to watching, uh, the Oprah interview post, uh, leaving Neverland, but I do. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. yeah I, I just watched, Very uh, interesting. I just watched that. It's, um, it's a very heavy four hours of your life if you do choose to watch it. Um, yeah, see, I, I was such a fan, and I like, I like, I, I know that 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 you know, I'm sort of whatever the case, I'm sort of a bit heartbroken. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but um, so I'm just deb- debating whether or not I want to know like like the full story and the details, or whether or not I'm like, okay, I'm disappointed, and I just have to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know a lot of people who who share similar sentiments, and it's really uh it's a really difficult this is this is a really depressing way to end this conversation <laughs> but it's a really difficult um it's a really difficult topic I, I guess because yeah it's pretty um it's pretty heavy mm. especially i guess something that as you know it's it's yeah people have such like i mean you know he's just so prolific in so many ways and has impacted people's lives in so many ways with his music so you know to then kind of so far after the fact you know have have sort of these bombshells I suppose uh it's hard to kind of make sense of it I guess yeah definitely well that's why I was I really wanted to watch this uh this Oprah um 
interviewing these guys because it feels a little bit more level-headed. And it feels like right. it's a really weird segue into what my last question is in every conversation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it's ironic. I don't know. The question is what makes you silly? What makes me silly? Um, honestly, I think um, I love not taking myself too seriously. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, I love to be able to kind of um, be – and that's, I think, why we, I had so much success with Sketchy and even in a lot of the things that I sort of am doing now with my own. I'm you know, still making a lot of sketches and stuff even on my own Instagram. Um, and so I think that what's refreshing and what I love is just to be able to – and I think it's a very Australian thing – just to just not take yourself too seriously, to like to be a bit of a dag and to, you know, and to make other people laugh like at your own expense like that. That's that's what makes me like silly. And I, and I love being silly, you know, uh, and not sort of necessarily feeling the need to kind of look perfect all the time. And I think we have way too much of that on online and on social on Instagram. Uh, people, you know, projecting and, and feeling the need to kind of be perfect and show a perfect life and never kind of show like the flaws. Um, and I did a video last year called Beryl, like a Beryl thing where I wrapped and had no makeup on and talked about how I'd like getting gray hairs and, you know, cellulite and, the, you know, just the side of things was like we all have and we all kind of um, experience, but not enough people, I think, talk about it um, or are honest enough about it to just be like, yeah. <laughs> I've got, I've got that. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Neither are you. Mm. Um, so yeah, if that, I don't know, does that answer your question? That absolutely answers my question. And if anyone wants to see you being silly, they can, uh, unlike a lot of my other guests, they can actually see you being silly online. Yes, they can. So sketchy or my Instagram, so it's Shaley Shrack. So yeah, any of those, those platforms, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that should hopefully make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Shaley. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks.